0: This is Cosmic Coffee Time, the place where we take a look at what's happening somewhere in the universe in about the time it takes to have a coffee. It's cosmology in a cup. So grab a coffee and see where in the cosmos we're going this time. I'm Andrew Prestige. Just another reminder that you can get all episodes of Cosmic Coffee Time wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter for some special content And if you want to request an episode topic, send us an email at cosmiccoffeetime at gmail.com. Links are in the show notes. On Cosmic Coffee Time, we've talked a lot about planets, and up until now, those planets have been in our own solar system. Since astronomers figured out that the stars are essentially fairly similar to our sun, we also figured that they would probably have planetary systems like ours, with extrasolar planets, or exoplanets as we call them. Problem was, the stars are such immense distances away, and planets don't radiate any light of their own, that the planets, if there were any, were incredibly difficult to detect and would be lost in the glare of their star. And until the 1990s, we didn't detect any exoplanets at all. So let's take a look at how we discovered them, how many of them there are, and we'll also ask if any of them could potentially support life. Going back hundreds of years when we didn't know a lot about the other planets in our solar system, we assumed, based on our sample size of one planet that we did know, that other planets would be similar to Earth and would be covered in forests and life. But the more we learned, the less similar the other planets appeared. Comparing Earth with Mars and Saturn, they're three vastly different worlds. And the planets in our solar system have moons. Again, we kind of assume that all these moons would be like ours, lifeless and cratered. Wrong again. Just the Galilean moons of Jupiter were staggeringly different again. From Io's 400 active volcanoes and enormous mountains to Europa's smooth icy surface and Ganymede's unique magnetic field. They're different in ways we didn't even imagine. The same goes for the exoplanets. We thought we'd find planetary systems that were fairly similar to ours, with a few terrestrial or rocky inner planets, some outer gas giants, and maybe a dwarf planet or two. Guess what? Wrong again. In fact, we've had to invent whole new categories of planets to describe what we've found. But first, how do we detect these planets when they're such immense distances away and don't radiate any light that we could see from Earth? The first method is the stellar wobble. When an object's in orbit, it doesn't simply orbit the other object. They both move about their common centre of mass. That means if a planet is orbiting a star the star will appear to wobble as the planet orbits it. It's most pronounced with a very massive planet that has a short orbital period. That's the time it takes to orbit the star. So the star wobbles a lot and over a short time. Another way we can detect exoplanets is when they transit their star. That's when the planet passes in front of its star and causes the star's brightness to drop slightly, We can see that in our own solar system when Mercury or Venus transit the Sun. The easiest exoplanets to find are the ones we call hot Jupiters. They're hot because they orbit extremely close to their star, and Jupiters because they're massive gas giant planets, just like our own Jupiter, or even bigger. In 1995, astronomers discovered 51 Pegasi b, which was about half the size of Jupiter, but orbited its star in about four days, so a year on that planet lasts only four days. While the first exoplanets were discovered three years earlier, this discovery was significant because the star Pegasi 51 is a main sequence star very similar to our Sun, and it was the first time a planet had been found orbiting a Sun-like star. But hot Jupiters are inhospitable places, and like nothing we had ever seen before, like Trez 3b, it's twice the mass of Jupiter and orbits its star in only 31 hours. The modern era of exoplanet exploration began in 2009 with the launch of the Kepler space probe. Kepler scanned the sky, waiting for dips in stellar brightness that would indicate the transit of a planet. The data showed about 2,000 candidates over the next four years, and today, over 4,000 exoplanets have been detected. The big question for some people is whether there are planets that are Earth-like and potentially have life or even intelligent life. For this, we're kind of assuming you need liquid water. On Earth, water's common, but in the rest of the galaxy, not so much. This is where we need to talk about the circumstellar habitable zone or the Goldilocks zone. The Goldilocks zone is where it's not too cold and not too hot. Water is liquid between 0 and 100 degrees centigrade. Below 0, it's solid ice, and above 100, it's gaseous steam. On Earth, that range is pretty much where we live, but on a galactic scale... That is an incredibly narrow temperature band, and finding terrestrial planets in the Goldilocks zone has been really difficult. Of the 4,000 exoplanets that we know of, there are less than 20 in this habitable zone if we take a conservative view. Even then, there are other factors to consider, like whether there's too much stellar wind, and the unknowns, like the probability of life spontaneously occurring or developing complexity beyond a single cell. And it's good to remember that for billions of years on Earth, there was no life bigger than a single cell, and complex life is relatively recent and might never have happened at all. Having said that, astronomers have estimated that there could be 40 billion exoplanets orbiting in habitable zones in our galaxy alone. So the probability of these unlikely events occurring seems to increase with the sheer volume of opportunities, and our galaxy is one of a hundred billion galaxies in the observable universe. I don't feel hung up on the search for life beyond Earth. The different types of planets we've found are interesting enough for me, and the ongoing search for exoplanets and finding different ways to observe them and their atmospheres is super cool. Remember to check out the Cosmic Coffee Time Twitter feed... And if there's something in the universe that you want us to take a closer look at, send us an email. Links are in the show notes. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you again soon for another Cosmic Coffee Time.